It's not a competition, but then again, everything is. Like trying to have a conversation, and afterwards asking who wins. Every person that you talk to is the co-host of that moment in your life. Might be one podcast too many, but we're only one small slice of the pie. It's the cultural content consumption appraisal. You did it. You're here. Welcome to another edition of the Cultural Content Consumption Appraisal Hour with your hosts, Jeffrey Barlow and Christopher Anousas. Christopher, That's me. the sun is shining yep. and it is a nice, long, extended weekend where you get to do nothing but lie around and chill out and consume all the content your heart could desire. How is it going for you? Um, it's going. It's going OK. Mm. There's there's a lot of content to catch up on. <laughs> <laughs> copious hours of multiple nights of things oh my <laughs> and days. i'm doing my darndest jeffrey I'm can we break my... the fourth wall listen chris no, trying to catch wall. up with wrestlemania and it's no. going to take a while yes that's what's happening <laughs> <laughs> um but hey ho there's other content too and that's what we're here to discuss yeah, because there were no aw <laughs> There were no last-minute emergency negotiations about whether we should make this a wrestling podcast special today or not. So don't you worry. We're picking up the thread from where we left it last week. We've yep. got some stuff to review. We've got some content to consume. We, but can't firstly, just, we can't just be interjecting every other week and going, ah, you thought we were going to come back with yeah. those reviews. But no, we're not. We're going to throw wonder, something else your way. If you were a listener to the pod and then you were looking forward to those reviews and then suddenly there was a book club matthew perry special would you have enjoyed it because i was thinking the only reason i would have is because i would it would have been annoying me since episode one it hadn't been covered besides that it would have actually probably been like guys where's my reviews of the things i was looking for yeah and i think it was a good episode yeah it was a fun you, episode you hated the book i <laughs> liked the book <laughs> no. it was fine but if people were looking forward to jess review of lana del rey and my yeah. review of stutz yeah and then we just threw in a wrestlemania review i don't think it would have gone as well <laughs> i think i think those dozen listeners would be yeah. down to at least half one. a dozen oh no well well i think we've got about a dozen a dozen jeez a dozen, okay yeah. who well. apparently don't have access to the internet or have email accounts from what i can gather <laughs> listen you yeah, guys yeah, yeah they're downloading their podcast I explain it Jeff. good on you guys no listen i mean when you think about it the amount of pods that i listen to that is like hey comment subscribe blah blah i'm like yeah, the we other don't people... ask anyone to do any of that shit oh this is true no but we're asking to write an email it's a bit more formal it's like write me a letter please <laughs> sign it first class like come on let's hey, all just i wrote a letter to uh Ooh. that children's show that anton deck hosted on a saturday morning trying nah. to get tickets to a Michael TV. yes that oh, dude, that's multiple decades ago you wrote that shit what are we talking about <laughs> yeah i was that's... like please can i go to the michael jackson oh handwritten yeah well no probably not <laughs> one of those weird peer boxes and then up until the point when they showed a video clip of a girl actually going to the concert did, did i know believe that, that i wasn't going to the concert <laughs> <laughs> wow oh Anne and deck are that old they were giving out michael jackson concert tickets when he was in the uk that's a bit of a surreal trip. That doesn't sound right, does it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there were other morning shows that also did competitions, potentially. Maybe. It could have been Anna Deck. They are. They're aging My beautifully. My gut wanted to but... say live and kicking, but maybe and that was Might have been. No, Maybe. wait. Was that for Hello? kids? No, was that, that was, right? I don't What's know. What's the one we went to and we were on? I don't know. It didn't last long. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. Oh, who was on it? Less Than Jake? No. No. Alien Ant Farm? No. No. <laughs> You're close. You're close. Just, just someone oh, who oh, eats worlds. It. No, 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 Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. So wait, sorry for the listener. This is very important now. <laughs> I just need to, I, I need to figure this out now. Christopher and I, when we were kids and part of the same drama class, attended the recording of like a Saturday morning kids special. 
I think it might have just been like Saturday morning TV for kids. <laughs> I think it was really just saying what it is name. And uh, don't worry, people, because much more importantly than anything else we might pitch today, next week we will do our research and tell you what that show was. There must be clips. It was SMTV, I think, is what it was. Called. No, it wasn't SMTV. No, was it SMTV was the Ant and Deck one, and for Are sure you? we weren't on the Ant and, Ant and Deck one because no, our lives would have gone a very different way if we had been lucky enough to go on the Ant and Deck one. Oh, mm. mate, we went on the low. We went on the BBC one. And it was fine. Okay, well, with all of that said, if you're new to the podcast, it's just us rambling about childhood memories mainly, yep. um, but also an occasional <laughs> foray into cultural critique. And I'm going to yep. explain it to you, but in 30 seconds. Twist. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. 32? No, you've got 30 seconds, Jeff. 30 seconds. Right. Tell the people. Yep. Did I just say the people? <laughs> Tell you people yep. um, what the show is all about. And why do we never have the timer set up when we start the recording? But you have 30 seconds to explain uh-huh. what uh-huh. the cultural content consumption appraisal hour is about oh. starts now. I mean, firstly, five star review for Christopher saying it so quickly. Gosh darn, even I can't say it that quickly. The thing is, right, you find yourself sitting on your hands wondering what to watch. There's too many things to watch. There's too many different ways you can branch out there and pick a thing. How do you pick a thing? Sometimes you depend on your partner. You don't bleep out their name. You just depend on them. Sometimes it's like what's showing at the cinema at the right time. It's convenience. But other time, you just somehow latch on to this weird digital relationship with two songwriters and childhood friends who recommend stuff to each other every week. And you sort of join in on their journey and live vicariously through them and enjoy the content they're enjoying. Well but but why are you sitting on your hands? <laughs> I don't know. Just had a flashback to the Inbetweeners movie. But anyway, <laughs> is that is that being pitched? No, because uh, we could get into a whole Inbetweeners no. thing. We're like we're 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 very highbrow. We've got Lana Del Rey and a documentary about therapists to talk about today. Today is a highbrow episode, isn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, yes. Oh, and you've got mate. me on it. Good luck, Jeff. <laughs> oh mate, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fantastic. I feel like. Uh, Oof, we could go two different ways. Eh? I think you were just trolling me for the absolute obliteration job I've done on our Google Doc with all the notes I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose we might I'm as well start I'm scared to open there, it really. now. I genuinely feel like I'll open it and it's spoilers <laughs> for the conversation we're about to have. I used to put my... Here's a funny thing for the listener. I used to put my scores at the bottom of it because <laughs> I just thought it's too long. He's not going to go. And then one I'm day he was just I, scrolling. I, I'm convinced I read them once and still got it wrong. <laughs> you did. Well, because you did. You go, oh, I thought I saw your scores. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> just... <laughs> but you know what? I don't yeah. cheat. No, you're not a cheater. You're not a cheater. And I feel like the one time I may or may not have cheated was a big learning experience for us that I can't truly recall, but apparently it happens. Now, let's talk about... What we starting with, Jeff? Let's talk about a documentary, mate, because I feel like my main uh, takeaway, because for for once this was a sort of, I want to watch it too, let me jump on the bandwagon thing. And I just feel like a very uh, surface level just approach on this is just, this is a very... 2023 2022 it might have come out last year i can't remember it's just a very now kind of movie that wouldn't have got made back in the day because it's like it's not a high budget it's pretty high concept but like just in terms of where i guess the cultural conversation is around mental health in that respect it's uh very just relevant to now and also like there's there's interest i think back in the day if um leonardo dicaprio had said he wanted to do this sort of thing people would have been like what are you talking about and these days i just feel like it's a lot more um Mm. Yeah, it's just it's a movie for now, and, and that just, was my just first to be clear, away. this mm. was the movie you pitched for me. Yes, just just to clarify. For this, <laughs> yes, I, I wasn't sure I... if you said it at the start, but you're very good at just going straight in. <laughs> I pitched Stutz, uh, a film by Jonah Hill, and it's about the ideas and work of uh, the therapist, writer, and thinker Phil Stutz. And uh, Christopher, in one respect, I've got to just get some appreciation. It was a film. It's a bit of a like, oof, it's some heavy stuff, right? But on the other hand, it was an hour 30-ish. And on that level, we've got to appreciate what we're given, right? Well, based on our recent podcast, that would get it fives across the board before <laughs> we've even watched the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, that is going to be curious and when we come to your um, so anticipation score. What threw me, Tell me. Just, just, just from the start, because yeah. I had no idea what I was about to watch, Jeff. Really? I think you tried Zero. to mention it at the end of the pod last time, but yeah. it was a very rushed close to the pod, if I remember it rightly. Was, it was. I think you and, just said it's revenge for the shrinking, and we sort yeah. of... Yeah. Uh, ha ha, lol lol lol, guitar yeah. plays, you know, end of <laughs> the, pod. The drill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the drill. Um, so, in my head, mm. I thought this was a documentary about Jonah Hill going to therapy. <laughs> right, right. And, and I was just like, okay, so, score's locked in. <laughs> my scores are locked in yeah? scores locked in yeah. um, so I was very much 
really putting off watching this thing <laughs> for, for a very long time. I was like, oh, Jeff's been good. He's given me good things recently. I've been having a lovely time listening to music. He likes to double down on things. So if I like a thing, he does it again the week after. And I was like, why do I want to watch? What yeah, I actually think, part. by the way, yeah. at the moment now, yeah. every other week, there's yeah. a celebrity coming out with a documentary about themselves Dude. about how hard their life is being a celebrity. Can we can we do one each? Can you think because off the top of my head, I Lewis guess Capaldi. Lewis Capaldi. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. Or That's, Selena but, Gomez. Yeah, or, or Demi Lovato that, had one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and before that we had Lady Gaga, we had Katy Perry, and Yeah. We've, we've and much had... more than um like here's a look into my life. It's like the mental health angle is very yeah. emphasized. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. So in my head, I was like, oh, this is the Jonah Hill one I'm about to watch. Um, However, okay. right Ooh. from the off, he told me it wasn't. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he was very clear. He told me he was doing a documentary about his therapist, mm. Phil Stutz, yes. um, who has helped him and he wants to share his tools with the world. And I was like, yes. oh, this is much nicer than being oh, a self-indulgent okay. thing about me. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay, is very cool. harsh. I haven't watched any of the other ones. I haven't no. seen anything else. So, but I'm just from the 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 average person. Yeah, that was that was my take. Uh-huh. And then from then on, I was I was gripped by the whole thing, and I found it really? fascinating. Ooh. As someone who's not been to therapy, which mm. you like to which you like to point out a lot. <laughs> One time, <laughs> um, I I found it fascinating, and it it, yeah. it if anything, it gave me insight mm. into. Possibly how I process and deal with things myself, although I might not know that I'm doing it, and sure. a lot of those sorts of things. So, oh wow, I, I, I That's really yeah, cool. I, I, I was actually, I had a, I had a, I say this every week now. I had Do a you? good time. I need to come up with new ways of articulating, <laughs> no, enjoying like, something. Listen, <laughs> I, know, I know our comedy version is. Did you laugh out loud? So, what's yeah. our more dramatic, fulfilling, rich version? Did, did you, you burst into tears? Did you burst into tears? Yeah. That's what <laughs> It's so a no, it was deep. I felt on it the was, cusp, to be fair. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was deep, but it wasn't like it wasn't a slog. And I don't know no, how it did. And it wasn't that. in your face. It wasn't throwing yeah. pretentiousness at you, which sometimes mm. I don't know. I, it's not. Yeah. It wasn't questioning my intelligence or anything like that. It was yeah, just yeah, putting yeah. it. It was taking real life mm. issues and problems that everybody has. Yes. And Jonah Hill just wanted to share mm. how he manages it and how this therapist has taught him to deal with it with everyone. Yes. Because, right, well, sort of right from the off, you realise mm. that this therapist has been dealing with Parkinson's since he was yes. 21, 22 years old. Yes. Um, and it was quite clear that Jonah Hill has a relationship with this therapist outside, not necessarily outside of his therapy mm. sessions, mm. because mm. that would be wrong. We learned that from shrinking. Right. Um, which we'll come on to very shortly, by the way. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was Jonah Hill processing the fact that he might lose his therapist. In the near future as yeah, well, there's another, yeah, yeah. another angle to it as well, mm. which I thought was was fascinating. Oh wow, wow. Okay, so this is awesome. I mean, yeah, to be honest, from the initial marketing, I thought similarly to you that it was about something um like Jonah Hill was more behind the scenes therapy stuff. And it wasn't until a few other uh, friends recommended it and started telling me because like I've got a passing interest in some self help developmental writing and books and stuff like that, and then I was like, oh, I bet it's pretty intense. Jonah Hill's had a complicated life. He's a celebrity. I bet him going to therapy is intense. And then someone sort of spelled out to me like, no, 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 it's not about him. Yeah. Like he's the filmmaker and it's a bit about him. And at first I was like, oh, I wanted to know how like fucked up he is. <laughs> but then it was like starting the film. And this is what I wanted to ask you because you went in so cold. Was it actually like the first five minutes having put it off a little bit? The first five minutes was actually a bit like, oh, I can relax a bit. It's not going to be what I was expecting. The, the film rather than you doing research. Yeah, because oh, it, nice. you know, cool. it just wrote, it it basically told me, don't worry, that's yeah. not what it's about. It's yeah. about this. And I was like, this is much more interesting. But besides any technical analysis and scoring, can we just firstly just say on just the level of him as a guy in a film, how mm. great is this Phil Stutz guy? What are we talking about? He's fantastic. Isn't he? It's yeah. just it's something about the accent and his demeanor and obviously his ideas and all that stuff is amazing. But like. It's it's almost um, if you want to take the whole angle of like one of us has been to therapy or one of us hasn't. I haven't actually been in a little while now, and the, the film sort of like it almost gave me this weird feeling of like putting me off going back because you're never going to find someone as good as him. Yeah. Like it's it's very much like the whole thing people say about like if you find one teacher who changes your life very positively, 
you're lucky. It's not like the school system itself. It's like the one teacher yeah. who happened to inspire you. And it's very much the same in lots of other fields. And for me, that includes uh, therapy, where lots of tools and cognitive behavioral therapy are handy and good things to know, blah, blah, blah. But life being what it is, it's like, did you meet the person who really sparked something in you? Yeah. And I'm sorry, but this guy, like fair play to Jonah Hill, um, coming across this guy and then going through certain life things with him because he just comes across so well and the interesting thing is when a film is like this is to deliver this person's idea and i buy it i do buy that he was selflessly trying to share this with the world whatever yeah sometimes that sort of film does come across as a bit of a sell job because now mm. me being me i want to buy his book i'm interested in the ideas all this stuff right <laughs> yeah but some of it is just so human and intimate and small that like it removes any of that cynicism for me like him at the end there was this quite surreal scene where Stutz is an older man, he's in his early 70s, he's quite tired, um, and Jonah says, why don't you go take a rest? And he goes into another room, and he lies on a bed, and by this time they've also deconstructed that they're actually doing this with a green screen, they've been filming it for several years, Jonah Hill really lets you behind the curtain of like the idea of even making this film has given him anxiety and things like that, Like they keep peeling back yeah. layers, but he goes and he sits in this bed, and then the shot just hovers on him, of him like, like not having the easiest time breathing maybe, and he starts picturing like his brother who's passed away when he was young and he's sort of talking you through this and i'm like this is just not a cell job this is just a guy yeah like who's really got quite a strong relationship with this older man who's helped him through some life stuff now and like yeah the end the end as much as it was very digestible for heavy topics the end almost killed me off bro because it's basically a love story between a patient and his therapist and they both just <laughs> say i love you and they have yeah. this really deep conversation about death where uh Stutz tells him all the reasons why at the end of the day it's okay whatever and then jonah's like yeah well i'm still gonna you know miss people and i don't want to lose people and then Stutz just sort of reflects on it and he's like yeah well i don't want to lose you mm. and he's like what do i do and they both just sort of make a a joke and it's like oh shit like let alone um a therapist helping someone it's also that they're now very very intimately connected and it's just it's you see this uh, it's really nice to see whether it's in a fictional dramatic performance film or in a documentary to see relationships like that alive on screen it's just really really yeah. beautiful and moving so um yeah fair play to everyone on this one i was i was i was very interested in seeing it but i was also quite like um surprised by how it formed and for me one thing i wanted to ask you about is for me is i found some of the ideas and concepts very very interesting life force part yeah. x string of pearls the shadow like if i just heard about these ideas minus his explanation i might have put, been a bit put off i found them a bit uh, pretentious or gimmicky maybe i don't know but just mm. something about the way he explained them i found very wholesome and uh rich and cool how did you find those ideas uh, I... it's a weird question but like it is a weird question because mm. where i might not necessarily use them in my own day-to-day -day life sure i probably have my own versions of them right the, the, right. the principles are all the same really yeah about how you deal with your i mean wow what a place mm. to drop it in but mm. rupaul's drag race uh rupaul talks <laughs> yeah. about people's inner saboteurs and how it's how you deal with them and how you yeah. sort of how you manage them is how you get through life because you'll always have that voice in your head telling you you're a bad person right. you're doing it wrong and all that sort of stuff like mm. that um and so that's sort of the equivalent of what when he talks about part x and things mm. like that in there as well i like the life force thing i thought that was a great start i was to just gonna ask as well about that. because yeah. essentially it's about a pyramid and mm. the pyramid is split into three layers and the bottom mm. thicker layer which he i think he said is sort of 75 percent of it mm. is sort of gaining control of your body and your health yeah. essentially your relationship to your body yeah your relationship to your body and mm. then the middle section is relationship with people mm. and then the top section is relationship with yourself yes but the, I liked how Jonah Hill framed the bottom part as that mm. when he was younger, he was always told that your relationship with your body was because, or you were told to keep fit and be healthy because mm. of the way you looked and not necessarily because of the way it impacted your mental health. Yeah. And he said, if people just framed that in such a different way, it'd have such much more of a positive impact on everyone right. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's true. I think, so true. I think me and you, yeah. have found fitness later in our life yeah right <laughs> and um we do it because it helps us yeah. deal with day to day and and yeah. i feel better on a day i've gone for a run than a day that i haven't gone for a run yes and and stuff like that and i do think that that's quite important and yeah, then i like it's gone uh, yeah just to just to shoehorn in there it is funny i don't know if it's generational but like definitely in my teen years i did not frame exercise in that way it was almost like the guilty like 
yeah. oh, I need to look better kind of way. And you're right. There is something about integrating it into how you see your just mental health and feeling good about life. that is actually a lot more to do with. And I'm quite grateful we've discovered that even if it was a bit later. But yeah, keep going. Yeah. And, and then what I what I loved was mm. the, the the middle part about relationship to people, because mm. it, it's it's interesting because you could argue that if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, how are you, how could you possibly go out and talk to other people or be sociable and that sort of thing like that. Mm. But then I like that Phil Stutz was like, just go invite someone out that you don't know for lunch and have a chat with them. Even that <laughs> just, will change your life yeah. and your day. I love that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as more of a introvert and if I leave, uh, if I am not sort of conscious of it, I can sort of le- leave myself to my own devices and become mm. uh, quite isolated unless I'm on it. And I actually really love people. So it's quite a little bind I get in sometimes. But like, I completely related to the idea of like, um, yeah, as long as you try and you're connecting, like obviously close people and intimates are the best, but like even someone you've never knew, uh, never known before and you just met, that will change your energy and the way you look at the world. Yeah. Um, and As, he, te- as he, Ted Lasso once said. Oh, here we go, yes. Be curious, not judgmental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so, and like, I'm sorry, but like has anyone epitomized that more than this guy apparently because yeah. how he kept... Um, I, I love that they, this is a really interesting one for anyone who's a bit more therapy savvy out there, which even though I've had some, I don't consider myself like super up to snuff with all the details, but like they had this funny little thing about like other therapists are a bit more like, oh, I'm listening and how did that make mm. you feel? And starts at the beginning was just a bit like, here's what you fucking do. <laughs> Let me give you yeah. some advice. <laughs> and like Jonah found a lot of like solace in that and not yeah. that, and actually dude, when you talk about shrinking and stuff, um, I'm not sure actually all the therapists in the world are going to be on board with this film the idea that mm. they do say i love you and there yeah. is that relationship and he's made a movie now some people might think that is a different relationship now than yeah. the very co- the, a bit more cold professional distanced one but mm. it's what uh, is actually going on in jonah hill's life and i appreciate that um one quote that i just had to it was worth putting out in full because it's sort of an extension of the whole life force thing and the talking to people he goes you can't move forward without being vulnerable and the reason is everybody needs help in moving forward failure weakness and vulnerability is like a connector it's connecting you to the rest of the world because what you're doing is you're giving out this signal to the world saying i need you because i can't do this by myself which was just super like Mm. um wow well it's like it's also a good metaphor for jonah hill finding this guy and asking for help in the first place let alone all of us needing people and that being the middle super meaningful chunk of that pyramid um i got like because there's so many other uh you know concept titles and he has his like shakily done because he has parkinson's sketches mm. sort of show you what the the different concepts mean um they were all so fascinating i found the loss processing one really interesting radical acceptance but probably my favorite and um shout out to my friend tazi because he sort of tried to talk me through this one without starts doing it i was just a bit like i'm i'm following uh but Everything is to not put a a certain kind of value on things. The string of pearls, Christopher, is a really interesting one because it's just it's just, I guess, about believing in the process of doing something and doing it over and over and not putting too much of a value in it because just doing something over and over will give you some good benefits and nothing's ever going to be perfect either. So inside each pearl he drew, there's also a turd, he called it. Yeah. And it's like everything's uh, imperfect, but like, I don't know. I just found that a really... I found that a really soothing idea. Someone for me who yeah. gets a bit hyper and it's just like, it's, have, it's, yeah, it's something it's, it's very similar. And again, like I say, I sort of, I have fi- familiar connections to all of these ideas, but mm. just obviously I've done them in a different way or developed them in a, or understand yeah. them in a different way. But I put so much pressure on myself mm. when I'm, when I'm training for a marathon, for example, Yes, good that example. everything needs to go to perfect on April the 16th, mm. the day that I run the marathon. Mm. But it could be snowing, it could be pissing down with rain, it could be right. windy, I could trip over on the way there and break my ankle or something like that. But what I need to focus on is that, and actually try and enjoy is the 12 to 16 weeks of training mm. that I'm doing it and enjoy the process and enjoy that part of it. Because if if you put too much pressure on that thing, it may not be perfect, it may not go well, but then you've just got to take it on the chin, move on and focus on the next one Ugh. and that side yeah. of things. So it's a be- it was very much about sort of enjoying every day and every part of the process and trying yes yes and, and that oh, sort I love of thing. That example yeah 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 and if you get too hung up on making it perfect the amount of anxiety that leads to where it's actually like 
Yeah. You know, working with the elements you've got, making the stay good and like working through the bits that are hard and just, yeah, being a bit more present. Yeah. And yeah, oh, that's such a good and, thing. And, and even, even in the, the most simplest terms is something like Sir Alex Ferguson said, for example, mm. was that he would take solace in the losses yes. and use those as something that then motivated them for their next win or whatever it is or the next game and stuff yeah. like that. So there's, there's so many, it's a very similar concept across the board, but it's used yeah, in different yeah. ways. But yeah. but yeah, and like yeah, every every day we'll have a turd in it. We all know that. We're right. we're, we're very regular people. <laughs> and then and then Jonah Hill flips it, and it's like yeah, but every cloud also has a silver lining. Like you can look at it uh, both ways. And this bit is it's it's very. Prof- I wonder what you thought of this bit because this bit is a pro- bit profound, and I keep it's like an itch. I, I can't stop scratching it. But like he was talking about like just this idea of figuring it all out, and like the secret of happiness and life in a way is like figuring out that you're never going to figure it all out. And if there's some measure of acceptance with that. So he said, happiness depends on how you accept that. You'll never figure it out and what you do about it. But first accept it, because if you don't accept it, you'll have this thing in your mind of wanting to get over it or under it or eliminate it. And you can't. And I was like, yeah, but like the impulse to figure it out probably motivates a lot. But I don't know. Maybe there's this higher plane of like really, really accepting you're not going to. There's this thing that irritates you i'm gonna figure out then everything's gonna be fine everything's gonna be happy i'm gonna do this thing it's like it's just not it's just not that (laughs) on the other side of and that was the best part of jonah hill's contribution right because he talked about his lower self-esteem coming from being quite overweight when he was younger and stuff like that and how celebrity let alone celebrity success in general and this links back to matthew perry in a way doesn't it yeah it did not equalize those things for him at all he still had all those demons if anything it sort of exacerbated them um and yeah it's just i i love this idea of like getting older and maturing and like almost you know dancing with that realization of just like there's no other side where i'm going to be not having problems he, well, I, I think yeah so I, i've been trying to think the last couple of days and i haven't mm. gone back and looked at it there were three things that he said were certain in life that oh yes yeah I, pain I down. pain yeah. uncertainty and i couldn't remember what the third one was and it was really this one me. threw me because i just loved it pain uncertainty and the constant need to work that's it. That's what I couldn't. Yeah. Isn't that mad though? Yeah. It's just that that last one doesn't roll off the tongue, so it's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It's like a bit more of a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But no, but but it, but it's true. There are three things that you can't control, and once you you sort of come to terms with that, then it, I guess, yeah, it all, gets. It'll, it becomes easier. No, it doesn't yeah, become easier. <laughs> but, no, but there's something there, right? There's the whole point. There, yeah. The whole point is you stop giving up the idea of it's going to become easier, and that does yeah. help it get easier. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, a bit of full circle. Maybe if only, um, rather than all those rehabs, if only Matthew Perry had found Phil Stutz. Because I really wonder. I really wonder, right? Some he of these would have ideas. Quit smoking a little bit sooner, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as opposed to the hypnotherapist. That... <laughs> I don't mean to make this episode about continuing to rip on Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, you are on your journey. No judgment. Um, I really like, speaking of a bit of like joking and levity, I love how they chatted shit sometimes. It was really yeah. funny. And Phil Stutz is a funny guy. Phil yeah. Stutz is a funny guy. And dude, it is a very curious thing to me. To, to, to oh, come... By the way, did you Google? Sorry. Yes, please. Did you Google Phil yeah. Stutz, Bill Lawrence, shrinking? Because no. the oh, is there a link here? character... In oh, shrinking, really, the therapist with Parkinson's is based, based on Phil Stutz. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but Hold then on, I, this... but then I feel like the Jason Siegel character is the side of Phil Stutz that just says, "You need to fuck it, fuck, connect fuck with it, the person, yeah, yeah. Oh, connect wow. with the person and fix the problem." Oh, wow. So that I think that Phil Stutz had a big influence on on that show. Wow, which, which, which I found. Well, as I was watching it, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Should I have point. remembered from the pilot that Harrison Ford's character had Parkinson's, or is that spoiled? Ideally, yes. And <laughs> you, you should have also watched episodes two through ten and finished the season. <laughs> hey, you were struggling. Did you do that? Yeah, I finally got to the end. <laughs> okay, interesting. Well, listen, we'll leave that for another it, day. It, but it picked up. A it bit. did pick up. Okay, glad to hear. Um, but uh, yeah, a really curious one as we uh, come to the end of and get to the scores is the ending threw me in a good way. But like the ending was basically him over the credits talking about how some of their conversations had led him, this being Phil, to like reflect on a romantic relationship of his and like how he sort of hasn't fully committed to it. And that and and I was really worried that it was then going to be a oh and then at the end there's a picture of them together and they got married and it was just going to be a bit too wasn't. <laughs> yeah and like, like no no shade like I don't want him to not be happy do you know what I mean but that would have been almost too clean and tidy and shoehorned in but. Mm. Then without that, it did just feel like a very 
pregnant pause of just like I'm life just is glad always there uncertain. Wasn't like a Phil Stutz. <laughs> 1950 yeah. or whatever to, to, that's what I was terrified I was did like, you see please. when it came up with dedicated to I was like oh shit no yeah. <laughs> and it was dedicated to our brothers they've both lost brothers like bless them but um yeah, yeah uh, so I have to ask you yeah yeah so you yeah. mentioned it earlier this okay. was actually the original premise that this was going to be the concept was that for the audience member this was going to be it perceived as one day of Jonah Hill asking Phil Stutz a load of questions and interviewing Phil Stutz, mm. essentially. And it would mm. come across as like, here's 90 minutes of our conversation or whatever for mm. that day. Mm. Then, I don't know, I think it's fairly early, about 20, 30 minutes in, the, the, the curtain comes down. There's this weird conversation with Jonah Hill and Phil Stutz mm. talking about how, right, so we've been now filming for 18 months. I'm actually now wearing a wig because my hair has changed since we started doing it. Everything's yeah. a green screen. And it's all this sort of weird fourth wall breaking down thing going on. Yes. Do you think that made the film better yes, or worse than it potentially would have been if they'd carried on with the original concept? Right. Or yeah. actually doesn't really matter because we get everything out of it because Phil Stutz is great and it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'll always link back to one of our earlier episodes when you were talking about Adam Sandler being on a plane and that annoyed you. Remember? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I'm so sorry, but that's now like a signpost of just like, I have to shout it out because it was, when it's naturally in your head, it's naturally in your head, right? My yeah. my only problem with that for a few minutes was like, so wait, did you put the wig back on? Like, I was so annoyed <laughs> that he didn't get the wig off. <laughs> and like the whole rest of the film, we still got the hair. So I'm like, wait, is it wig? Is it real? With that said, because I like the other hair. Anyway, he takes yeah. the wig off. He puts it back on. For a few minutes, I was like, Jonah, keep it off. Anyway. And then what? Go on, go <laughs> I'll um, in a sec. <laughs> but no yeah i've got to say my contention because of how stutz frames it because they literally in a way it became it becomes jonah's therapy again for a minute yeah on film and he talks to stutz about it and the whole point is life is messy and flawed and awful and the only way through is to be vulnerable the whole point of the, to me the soul of the film is in that choice and it's in being messy. If anything, it could have got messier and I would have been all right. They probably they probably left it at a nice clean level. They showed you the green screen, the hair. He talked about how he they've been wearing the same clothes for all this time, blah, blah, blah. But um, no, I really uh, appreciated that choice. Okay. Fair you? And no, well, I've now just changed my mind based on what you've just said, is that <laughs> the actual framing of it mm. is showing how life is right. not perfect and does have imperfections and then therefore... But then, I, but then in my head, I'm like, but is that what they wanted you to think? And was this all part of the plan? You, you this isn't pro over- wrestling, bro. You don't have to no. worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you start overthinking it a little sure, bit. Sure, and sure, I, And I think what threw me is mm. I then am starting to think, right, so was this conversation before that happened? And oh, in terms so of some of that stuff, that's really interesting, That That, right? that sort of mm. what, that made me, not necessarily uncomfortable, but just made me, I started, I stopped listening and started thinking about no, when I know was what this you bit mean. shot and stuff I like know that. What you mean. So I struggled with that a little bit. Well, and then, oh no, go on. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, it's a very intimate thing to have therapy. And the, the idea of even bringing in a camera and self-consciously being like, we're making a film about it instantly changes it. It's like, one of the only things I remember from science classes is the thing, if you're trying to observe something, the whole nature of that changes because it's mm. now being observed. So it knows it's being observed, whatever you're trying to observe. So it's no longer a, you know, classic observation. There's a much Jeff. more succinct way of saying that. No, no, I love terms. it. Jeff is science class. <laughs> Please don't do that ramble as the show title because I worded it so badly. Like that was one of the all-time lack of articulation kind of moments from me. Oh, but, um, it, it will definitely be. It'll be <laughs> just the show title. The is thing just you're Jeff observing being... isn't observed, so observation. Good. Okay. <laughs> or just it'll just be observe this podcast. Exactly. Which then changes the nature of the podcast Dun-dun. because it's being observed. Well. I mean, at the end of the day, he's seen this guy for a few years. And yeah, the thing is, it's about the ideas rather than the therapy, right? So the therapy comes in and out of it, but it's actually about the ideas. And like the life force of the movie is their relationship. But the thing that does get across in in a non-boring sort of just YouTube explainer video kind of way is the ideas. So yeah, a little bit of behind the curtain did work for me. But I know what you mean. Here or there, my mind drifted. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they've talked about this before i also thought it when um they brought out like a big picture of him when he was 14 and overweight and that was his sort of um shadow self and it was like how the the shameful parts of you and how you visualize those and then the bit that really struck me was like the photo so Mm. phil starts took a photo of jonah hill like very recently after his brother died he was at his most shaken up and his therapist asked him for his phone and took a photo of him and he was Mm. like why did you do that and he just wanted to take a photo of him in this moment and jonah said he hadn't looked at the photo in four years 
So looking at it was but quite. There a, was that printed copy of it, and there was the printed copy. Hand, which... And you're thinking, like, have you brought it into the studio and just like tried not to look at it all day, and you really yeah. wanted it captured on camera? Your reaction to it. With all of that said, I gotta say, um, part of um, this is what we do to celebrities, right? Probably I'm guilty of it in the Matthew mm. Perry episode. We do sort of reduce them. Uh, it's quite reductive. We make them 2D figures, tabloid figures, headline generating, mm. non-real people, right? And the thing, like for me, Jonah Hill in my head is always tied to Seth Rogen and that whole crew. Um, and he's like the shit-talking teen who's a bit overweight. Like that is how I've thought about. Like it's very clever and very talented, awesome and Wolf of Wall Street. I always thought like he's an unexpectedly great actor. But like I did think of him as like the shit-talking comic. I remember him being great on SNL, shit like that. And there's something really disarming to me about like. Just him as a person seemed like a cool, chill guy, and yeah. uh, he would laugh. I, I, I don't know. I like this when uh, younger people are really gentle and nice with older people, and just he kept laughing at his jokes, and they seemed to have a really good connection. And Even vibe. though Phil threatened to bang his mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I love how I love how they had banter. Or suggested that they were banging already. <laughs> right. And that's, but you've got to think about that, right? If you're a therapist, you're, the amount of energy and intellectual sort of uh, force and charisma you're getting from certain people. Not anyone could be Jonah Hill's therapist. Like, mm. you've got to be a bit on your game, not only with your therapeutic ideas, but just with the force of your personality and being able to take a joke and dish it out. But then also, he must have taught Jonah Hill really well, because at some point, Jonah called him out and said, stop making jokes and doing what I yeah. do. And I thought that was just beautiful. Yeah, lots of moments stand out from this, but um, I'm glad you enjoyed. And um, I got I got to leave it with... Um, one last question. I don't want. I don't want to be overly personal, but just I need to frame it in this way. Like compared to how you thought about it before, did it change how you think of therapy? Just the very idea of it at all. <sighs> did the movie change how I think about therapy? Yeah, like I the idea I of it. No, no, because I don't. Th- I don't think I had a. Oh, bad okay. view of therapy it's not like i it's not like i went into it going therapy's bad why do people do therapy no no no. if, no, if no, anything okay. it, it opened mm. my eyes to the tools and what it can be right if 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 as you said mm. you have a good therapist right yeah 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 yeah. and that's a bit of more luck of the draw now isn't it now with all of this said i'm pre- i'm feeling pretty good about my scores today um oh, yeah. i am uh and Chris raises his right eyebrow. Oh Jeff no! I just remembered. I just remembered something you said. Shoot! <laughs> you, what, you were right not looking start? forward to. Yeah, right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh mate, awful, awful. You might have got me this week. Okay, so in terms of anticipation, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is this is starting to become a theme with our pod, right? I, I'm most of the time, unless you have a reason to. I would think in the initial moment of hearing it, you were a three, as you would be most of the time. But now I'm thinking you're more of a one or a two. It might be a... I'm not sure we've had too many ones. What's your score, Jeff? Stop. My score is three. My score is three. (laughs) Okay. In terms of enjoyment, I was actually, I think, too moderate. I gave you another three. But I thought it would be an interesting one of um, reflecting on it quite nicely and going up to a four. So my scores for you, my guesses are three, three, four. Tell me the truth. Two. To start, <laughs> because I think I, I, fig- I figured well. I figured I figured out how I I now judge my oh tell me yeah. anticipation is based on how quickly I want to yeah. actually <laughs> consume the thing. <laughs> and there was actually a moment where I was like, I have time now, but I'm like, could I do something else? <laughs> and I actually went, no, I'm just going to put it on. I'm going to do it now. So funny! Oh, that's killing me. That's really funny. Um, and then four four. Okay, nice. I, I enjoyed it, and I yeah. think I actually think it's great, and I think more people should watch it. Yay! And I love I love the point because I sort of I, that is one point I sort of missed about how if you aren't aware of the marketing or the concept, you it, the way it can be recommended, you would just think you could lump it in with the other celebrity. Yeah, liar, look at how I deal with fame and all. Not to hate on those other ones, you know, but it's, no. a, it's a type of genre at the moment. It no. is, and, and this and one, the the, the Billish, Billie Eilish documentary on Apple TV is great. <laughs> it is great, and that one does seem to me a slightly more classical yeah, biography. Just, yeah. that incorporates a lot more of the creative process too, but also mm. looks at uh, mental health. Listen, the more mental health gets talked about, it is it does make it's sense. Better. That, it's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, well, that was really fun, and now for. To keep it nice and highbrow, we're going to talk about the artist Lana Del Rey. I had a really funny moment this morning. I listened to the album one more time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
I think I was looking at Spotify, dude, and just the amount of different versions of the album. Please tell me you like, just listened to the album, the one album, the one well, with the is, blue cover, this not is the, the thing, gold is cover. For a minute, I was like, shoot, did I, did he, he did say Born to Die, right? Am I listening to the wrong album? And I really freaked out and I literally went to our podcast to check. <laughs> yes, the blue cover, which That's the one. was very weirded out. I'll, I'll, this is, I don't want this to be my first mention because there's much more profound, cool things to say, but doing my research... Yes, that's the one. That He's one, showing me one. the cover. That's the yeah. one I listened to. Yeah. Um, all 12 songs. Just 12 a nice, songs. Yep, a nice digestible 45 minutes. Loved it. Um, just I can say that straight away. But weirdly, talking about the cover, when I did my research, there was like a... It was one of the top 50 best covers of all time or something. And I'm like, really? It's a pretty... There's something to it that I didn't quite uh, get because at a certain point, uh, I did run out of time. Because the thing is... How research... did you even find an article about the top 50 Dude, album covers of all time? Dude. The research for this could have gone crazy because... You did send me a very, very long article that I tried to read and didn't have time because it was that long. Yeah, (laughs) so I read this article and I'll put it in the show notes. It's a very recent article from this year with Rolling Stone UK. It's a cover story article. And yeah, just basically, if we're going to sort of use this album rather than Lana Del Rey generally, this album is our anchor and our centrepiece. I still vaguely remember, and I'm not sure you do, the chatter at the time. Mm-hmm. And going and doing my research, it was this whole, she got hated on and she's yep. a fraud and she's a record company invention. And there's all this stuff that I'd kind of put out of my mind. And basically to frame it for you, the one time I finally, I knew a few of the singles mm-hmm. I liked, but I've always been a bit ambivalent because I was like, wait, what was the story? Like I never dived into it. Right. And then something about when Norman fucking Rockwell came out, I really liked some of the singles from that. And that was yeah. the first time I listened to a full album, right? And then here or there, I've been cherry-picking singles since. She's this one that maybe for me, because I haven't fully embraced her as of yet, she just seems to be very prolific. It's fucking old-style Ryan Adams here. Every time I look up, there's a new album. I'm like, wait, wait, slow down. I haven't figured out yeah. how I feel about it. And I think in, in my ramblings at the end of last week's episode, mm. I was like, oh, there's, she's probably only got a couple of albums. I'll pick one of the good ones or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, she got loads. <laughs> yeah, it turns out, right? <laughs> yeah. turns out she's been going in, bless her. And I definitely remember the chatter around her being a lot more like you know what's the deal with the record company the image the marketing and then turns out diving into the catalog being reminded of norman fucking rockwell and checking out born to die without any of that now around us any of that chatter it turns out oh actually she's one of like the songwriters of our generation and it's weird like there's a name that i have on the tip of my tongue that took three listens to even come to mind but um joanna newsom is a singer-songwriter, and she's, like, very singular, very unique. She's never going to shift units like Alana Del Rey, but, like, she's one of the best songwriters out there, right? Mm. And I was like, shoot, like, much more than I realised, you know, on the spectrum of, like, pop stardom, and it's like you got all your, you know, actual corporate inventions to, like, the most unique, wild, weird out there. Yeah, Lana is a lot more on that end than I had realised, and she's just... I think the rest of her career has sort of vindicated Born to Die, which is quite a singular work. And some of the genres that Wikipedia is talking about, trip hop and orchestral pop, um, Hollywood core, I think she calls it. Like some of these are are a bit wild, but like, I um, I think you'll remember, I can't remember who said it, so you can help me with this. But when we were younger and first getting into songwriting, I think one of us might have either discovered a quote or had an observation ourselves. This is how old we are now. I can't remember if it's a quote or if we said it, but about like something that really makes a song as if like it can still live and breathe in the same way with just an acoustic cover of it. Do you remember we had that thought when we were young? Did that come from somewhere or was that just us? That's probably just us being probably pretend- just us pretentious being, college kids being thinking we were pretentious- going to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That was what we were being. But fair play to that observation on occasion. I don't like yeah. stand by it as a religious, like all the time, 100% thing. But in terms of this album, I was thinking some of these, dude, some yep. of those songs are beautiful. Yep. And um, some of those <laughs> melodies are fucking candy. Yes. Um, some of those uh, chorus melodies, especially she has a way with a hook that is a bit mad. Yeah, I, it's 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 funny because I think um so agree a hundred percent with everything you said about mm. the thoughts when she first came out and what we were fed by the media around her being whatever she was. Mm. And to hark back to mm. twenty seventeen when Lust for Life came out. Okay, yeah. That was when sort of I found myself listening oh, to Lana Del Rey more mm. again. Mm. And my partner listened to a lot of Lana Del Rey. And so I think I said last week that 
for me, she's mm. just like a giant long playlist on Spotify where I listen to all yes. of the songs in a mishmash of orders and, I, and they all just sort of blend into each other. And that was a lot of my road trip around Canada was driving yeah. around in the sun with Lana Del Rey blaring, which was a great fun time. Mm. But then um, I was driving somewhere yesterday with my partner. I said, can we just put Born to Die on so I actually know which songs are on this album and, <laughs> Good, and, nice. and can have a conversation tomorrow. Yeah. And as they were playing, each one was like, they're all bangers, Jeff. Every single one Dude. of them is an absolute banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, they're just, they're just perfect. Sort of LA. You can imagine, you can see palm trees walking around LA doing whatever you need to do in the sun, setting blah 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 blah. Weird. I like operatic pop. I thought that's a yeah. good, good phrase you just yeah. said there. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's written in the Google Doc. He uh, doesn't okay. just come out. He doesn't come out with this stuff by himself. <laughs> fair, um, fair, fair. But no, I just just every single one of them. They're just they're just bangers all the way through. Just it is a perfect album in in that sense. And I was like, wow, what a debut! And she got shat on. How unfair! <laughs> Interesting. A few points there. I st- I wouldn't call it perfect. I think it's beautiful. I think part yeah. of part of the problem probably because weirdly I came up with a a link. Get your bingo cards out of the ready. Yeah. I thought of Bob Dylan's first album, not his best, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's first album usually isn't their best. If anything, for what would turn out to be like Ooh, a life. What about the Beths, Jeff? Oh, that's the exception that proves the rule. That's definitely my favourite of theirs. And that's my relationship to it. I think they have actually yeah. gone from strength to strength. And, and to be um, honest, I probably think all 12 songs are bangers because I've heard yes. them multiple times over the last like six, seven years or something like sure. that. Sure, so, whereas mine is so a bit So you put them in a nice a... little neat order. I'm like, oh, this is a great album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get yeah. it. And yeah, listen, I had three listens this week, uh, but like it did that classic album thing of everyone would grow on me at a different rate. I came up with one yeah. theory while running, dude. I wonder if you'll agree with me, right? It's more from the best than Lana, but now Lana is going to play into it. I think your relationship with an album, like, I think it can peak around, like, listen four or five. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Because, like, there's this... Er- listen one, you don't know anything. It's like, what the hell is all this shit? Listen two, listen three, it sort of comes together a bit. Oh, I like this song, I like that. There is something about listen four, five. I know it's probably different for every album, but there is this grey area where, um, like, suddenly every track, you're like, oh, shit, I remember this. And you remember just enough, and there's yeah. just enough surprising about it. And um, I did... I think I was getting close to that sweet spot with... Uh, born to die it does prove a really nice point to me which is like it's about commitment and like if you're open to it Mm. you do have to give to get out of it and so i'm glad i did a minimum of three lessons um i don't think how funny is this Mm. that we're saying right people if you want to enjoy something you've got to to consume it four or five times in a world jeff where if something doesn't grab someone's attention as 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 a as a sort of moving video when they're scrolling past it in the first two seconds that video's gone and never seen again yeah like how how Oh, totally. what a time to start a podcast it's very, about in, content <laughs> dude, and it's quite you know yeah you're right it's very counterintuitive with the culture but then on again uh, on the other hand again you're going to get more of like because it's so overly saturated and the attention span has been reduced to absolutely nothing yeah. it is going to go the other way too i think it's going to swing back um in some areas of the culture mm. for me it's just the, the option of what are you going to give that chance to and that's why i like the framing of our podcast because it's literally two friends recommending it it to each other back and forth right but you're right i do believe in you have to commit to to several listens and stuff like that i think she started at too high a, a level mm. for people to actually whatever the dialogue was about her yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean to just say hey the media is one blanket sort of organization yeah, of we're like trying to take her down it was a complicated dialogue and there does seem to have been a thing where her name was lizzie grant and she changed her name and they hid her first out like they recorded an album before that and then they tried to get rid of it and yeah. record label stuff was going on but to be fair the same happened with Adrian Lenka of Big Thief. She had her own first album that once she got signed and really found mm. her voice, so to speak, they were like, oh, that doesn't really represent me anymore. I bet a yeah. lot of artists, if they could, would get rid of their first attempts. Yeah. I so, mean, people don't put their first painting in the gallery, do they? Exactly, exactly. But with that with that said, um, the one thing, just to come back to basically, because it's nothing but praise here, the one thing that to me either felt like it aged a bit or that just wasn't my cup of tea is here or there, she would really lean into like a bit of like... I, this might be the completely wrong reference, but like there was a bit of like Nicki Minaj talky singing going mm. on that just for me was a bit like, oh, now I can hear that this was done quite a while ago because mm. I've come off just listening. It's a bit of your Arctic Monkeys thing. I've come off of just listening to the new one and this mm. girl can fucking sing, bro. And it's yeah. like, maybe not like the the sort of um, pyrotechnics and the sort of gymnastic <laughs> vocals of a Mariah Carey, whatever, but just in terms of that 
you know very very high quality singing soulful like for me this is more my speed than an adele in terms of a great singer um but yeah so some of those stuff slightly leaned a bit more towards maybe what was hot at the time and Mm. sort of stuck out to me everything else is like almost scarily like classic seeming like the the, the leads for me the standouts were born to die video games um the song uh radio all of a sudden at the end just killed me i was like geez this is um Mm. Uh, the, the hook was crazy. National Anthem. Um, there's this line where she goes, heaven's in your eyes. And it just gets very English for the word eyes. That I loved every time I got it. It's just like a tiny bit of candy in your ears. It's beautiful. Um, no, this... this uh, and Dark Paradise. Banger. Sorry. Dark Paradise is such a banger. Um, summertime Sadness. Uh, it's yeah, weird because I think I'd only ever heard mm. up until like six years ago or whatever. I'd only ever heard... The summer sign, summer that uh, summertime sadness like remix. Oh that, really? That, How that, funny. That, yeah, like that just got played in like I can say centers. clubs, but I never went to clubs, so maybe <laughs> I didn't hear it in clubs. Maybe the radio. Yes. <laughs> let's go. The let's go with radio. that one. Yeah. And then I remember hearing the album version going. It's a bit slow and different. And then suddenly right. clicked that. Oh wait, it was a remix. On the production level, yeah. how like it's it's like just fucking good pop for me how did you find it with a bit more of a technical ear i i I feel like they they recorded the songs and then just ran them through just like a vintage filter i don't know how i I don't know how else to describe it but they i I remember listening to the vinyl and thinking that there was something wrong with tomato vinyl and then i listened to like the spotify version i was like oh no that's how it's meant to sound it kind of just just like grainy i don't i don't know how else to put it it doesn't seem it doesn't come across clean and it maybe and so but, but not like overly dirty, punky. No, 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 just no, no. a bit, just, just kind sound. of, yeah. Like they just mm. ran it through a gramophone. I don't know. I don't, nice. I don't know how else to put it. I get it. it. I don't know. I yeah. get it because it it doesn't sound polished, mm. but it's been polished to sound that way. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Classic. Very, very yeah. nice. Um, yeah. And if anything, the problem was once I really like, oh shit, this is very like I could every spare moment now I mm. could sort of just be listening to this album, and let alone that. I don't know if you have this dude, but like Lana in my head, because I've seen a bit of the noise around her and she's clearly like now in it for the long haul as this Mm. songwriter. She's one of those to me who I just look at with my busy little life and I'm like, oh, if I had the time, I could be like a super fan. And I have a few Mm. things like this where I'm like, I'm currently not. (laughs) But like if I have a reason to dive in, that could be me. And this week, bro, the amount of stuff I was reading, I read her. (laughs) I found her poetry book. She has a poetry book out there. She made an album of it. um, Just reading out the poems. And I was like, for a minute, I was like, I'm just going to listen. You know how Chris listened to the Arctic Monkeys debut and then the new one? I'm going to listen to every Lana album. I got very ambitious for a minute. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. I didn't work out. I just stuck to Born to Die. I didn't quite have the time. But yeah, this is almost like uh, in terms of the research to do, I, 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 got, um, I did the one interview and then I, I found others. She hasn't been as much as the other people I've been into, like a super, mm. super press person, which is kind of refreshing. And also, but, I don't know how much she tours because I've been on yes. the lookout. Yes. For when she about sort yeah. of thing, and normally Spotify will just say, "Oh, by yeah. the way, this artist you listen to is coming to your town." Yes, but I, I don't recall seeing her tour the UK recently at yes. all. No, and no, no. People out there, sort of back end of June, will be watching Elton John and Guns mm. N' Roses and Arctic mm. Monkeys, like on the Glastonbury stage or whatever. Mm. But I'll be seeking out the Lana Del Rey performance because I'm intrigued. I yeah, don't, and I, I'm holding I, out hope. My only, my only memory of a live Lana concert was like Glastonbury, possibly. Oh, interesting. Six to ten years ago, or something like that. Mm. So, and so, yeah, I'm just intrigued as to how she's got so many songs out there. What sort of set list would come out? What she'll do if there's anything happening? I don't mm. know. She might yeah, just park and I, bark. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really intrigued. I hope the fact that she's coming <laughs> just, to Glastonbury. Just letting that sentence that I just said. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> not, I just felt like immediately it's going to be the title, so it doesn't even need my love. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I really hope the fact that she's coming for Glastonbury means she does a few more uh, yeah. shows here because, uh, yeah, you're right. She she isn't uh, the hugest tourer, which, again, that speaks to me of like someone who's like made it artistically and doesn't need to be on that album tour, album tour grind yeah. and is just actually kind of playing it a bit more by ear. And that's kind of awesome to me, too. Um, are you ready for some scores, my friend? I think, Jeffrey, mm, mm. the fours across the board. Ooh, so actually it was a bit of a 
Three, four, five. Really? Yeah. You're giving it a five. Is this your first five, Jeff? No, I, Back I, to the Future got a five. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean uh, a, a five in retrospect is, I don't know, because I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm done <laughs> listening to it. So my, my four for enjoyment feels like I'm going to go back and listen to it now and it's, it's changing yeah. every day. It might be a five on my next listen, but no, I really liked it. And um, you've introduced me to like, the rabbit hole of like, I can't deny it now. I'm a big fan um yay yeah i'm gonna get into all the albums and uh i feel like this is the second week on the trot that i've i've got you into something that yeah you're excited about going back and finding more american dad and by the way i've watched a lot of american dad since we last (laughs) oh really have you spoke and i'm like i need to give him that episode i need to give him that episode i need to give him that episode (laughs) i'm really glad too it's happening for music because it happened uh uh with the beths too and we're both out here on our little runs one of ours considerably shorter runs than the other but like Mm. uh music when you when you need it when you need to break glass in case of emergency having some uh music to help in those cases is really good yeah yeah um let's let's pitch it up bro what have you got for me next week okay before you pitch for me yes i'm traveling to manchester this weekend so be kind so we're not gonna say not gonna say not gonna hopefully i'm not like you know changing your choices or anything like that we'll be kind kind of busy running a marathon yes and again the following weekend as well but but for you jeff i I wrote it down because it's quite complex I want you to watch some more TV. And I think this might be this show's debut reference on this podcast. A little show that peaked really high Mm. and then fell really low. (gasps) Interesting. Any guesses what it could be? Peaked really high and ended really low. Lost? No, that would be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, I don't know. Yeah, tell me. Community wow and in theory not over we're still hoping for that movie right six seasons in the movie yeah six Um, seasons in the movie hashtag uh i can't remember how much community you watched whether you watched it all watched none of it watched some of it can you can can you confirm all of it but very back in the day you watched all of it very back in the day yeah i really really have been wanting to go back to it so this is a great reason Where, where are you putting me i'm putting you in season two yep uh episode five writing it down fantastic uh, an episode title called Messianic Myths and Ancient Peoples. Fantastic. I'm going to oh. leave it there because yep. I feel like as soon as you start watching it, you'll be like, why is Chris giving this to me? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good to know. Now, I'll be honest. Um, that context was like back of mind. And then until you said it, it was like out of mind. So now it's front of mind again. I am actually going to change my choice. And this is oh. another, it's another, it's, it wasn't hard going, but it was a bit more of a time drain. And this one's, Actually, it's like, well, it's still a bit of a time. Did you want me to go and watch all eight hours of WrestleMania? Was that (laughs) what you were going to (laughs) say? Imagine what I'm giving to you. This is a first. I've been I've been wanting to do this, so you've just rushed me along. It was coming up. We've done albums. We've done even books, movies, um, TV shows. Those are the three things, really. TV shows, movies, and albums are the main things. It's the first Mm -hmm. time I'm ever recommending something like this. The title of this video that you can find on YouTube that has 4 million views posted six years ago is Norm MacDonald on Conan 2009 to 2010. It is a (laughs) 49-minute YouTube video that I want you to watch. We've done the stand-up special and now I literally just want you to watch a YouTube video and then talk to me about the YouTube video. This is a first and I'm trying a thing, but if you've got a hard week coming up... Uh, I I have a YouTube video in my locker oh really as well. yeah, yeah, yeah okay good this is a first let's uh, see how we go but in theory 49 minutes of norm mcdonald and conan 49 minutes of norm mcdonald and conan but the way to use it is obviously if you want to watch a 49 minute video and you want to laugh great but like if you've got a busy week and you just need pick-me-ups very good to like chop and change and use it when needed so um, listener yes. next week you're going to listen to me talk about norm mcdonald again yeah i know it's, my, <laughs> it's, it's our first repeat offender let's see how we get on with that Jeez one Jeez louise <laughs> <laughs> and first lucky YouTube lucky listeners <laughs> and you and you wonder why they're not emailing in <laughs> i can guarantee what McDormie. the next the subject <laughs> i think christopher I texted me that earlier i did <laughs> i did um <laughs> i could just see the next subject line coming in or the first subject line of the first yeah. email we get being just norm like mcdonald less, again <laughs> less less norm mcdonald please. less norm hey listen yeah. i listen review before... one thing one thing that isn't norm mcdonald <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good luck with me being on the pod. Listeners, it's been great having you. We uh, we do like having you around. And uh, see you next week when uh, probably there'll be a bit more Lana Del Rey talk because Christopher really made a fan of me this week. And uh, listen, we're putting Norm out there one more time. 
see how yeah. we get on okay very, very sorry very quickly before Please. the guitars start playing yeah uh, i went to the cinema Oh, yeah? I feel like that's a big enough deal that I need to tell people what I saw. Hashtag the week that was. Hashtag this week in culture. Anything and you I like. Know, and I'm, I'm mainly just dragging it out because I know Jeff's in a rush to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but I went and saw Dungeons and Dragons. And hey, it was great. Better it? than any Marvel movie released possibly in the last year. Wow. Just saying. Just possibly saying. in the last year. That's crazy. Well, because like, I don't want to upset you should say those, is those, possibly those, in the last 10 spider, years. That's Spider-Man how many marks. come out. That's what I'm going to say. All the Spider-Man marks. Um, yeah. Hashtag FOMO of the week for me. It's a new segment, but it's going to help me process my life. Um, today they were showing all the films of Wong Kar Wai, who's a really cool director at the Prince Charles, and I couldn't make it. But a director marathon at a cinema is like my dream, and I didn't make it. So every week for me, it might make me feel better. I'm going to do a little FOMO of the week, and that was my FOMO of the week. But ladies and gentlemen, no need to have a fear of missing out. Let's all just go enjoy what we're going to enjoy. Learn from Phil Stutz. Go listen to some music. Have a lovely sunny day. No more summertime sadness for us today. Enjoy oh, yourselves. Lovely. Take care <laughs> and enjoy those guitars. Goodbye. Take care. If you don't like when we misspeak or boost the audio or unpeak, the microphones bleed because they're so cheap. We're sorry to your ears. If you don't like the intro or the bit in the middle of this outro or if you don't like the whole show question why were you here if you don't like the podcast if you think we both speak too fast too many tangents never stay on task pick up a book instead if you don't like what we recommend if your patience wears thin towards the end if you think you could do better with your friend please go ahead if you don't like this content or like me the word content then please go be more content and never listen to us again